I woke up happy today, so I have energy. It's so rare. One forty-six points for the Bucks last night. That's a yeah, that's, that's a big number. I had the first game right, but dude, Quentin Grimes, man, eighteen fucking minutes of nothings, and then complains after the game. Yeah, uh, trust me, I was complaining too, Quentin, but for the wrong reasons. Oh, we're just we're hot, Jordan. Good to know. Thank you. Could have very easily said things I shouldn't have said. Uh, <laughs> NBA Strategy Show Wednesday, December sixth. 11-game slate ahead of us. It's been two games and two games and back-to-back days. Now we get to dig in. And the big thing is we don't have to talk about all of the dumb stuff as guy number six through 10 in the rotation, or maybe even four through 10. Only a couple teams, really weird. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Underdog, shout out to them. They're sponsoring this show. We'll talk about them in a bit. Adam, how'd it go yesterday? Uh, Pretty well. Most importantly, I won my head-to-head. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I he, I just happened to see him in chat, so I had to say that. Yeah. But uh, no, I got eighth in the big tournament on DraftKings. Uh, had I think four in the top hundred, six top one percent finishes or something. So um, went went pretty well. Didn't expect it to go well after the first game. So uh, Mitchell Robinson started out amazing and then just scored like no fantasy points for the final three and a half quarters. So that hurt a lot of my lineups. But um, yeah, had a couple that ended up being pretty good. I would have preferred Julius Randle to uh, miss. At some point in time during the game, unfortunately, that did not happen. But it would have been great if he did. I would have liked Emmanuel quickly to score more fantasy points than Cameron Payne. I would have liked any of the value plays that I played to just score some fantasy points, but that uh, that was tough. Beauchamp played, uh, you know, what you were looking for. Nineteen minutes just didn't do anything. AJ Green went out there, got got a hey, couple shots up. He did. I messaged you and told you it uh, yesterday, but. I didn't, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he looked like. So I didn't know he was white. I had no <laughs> idea. First shot that they kicked to him in the corner, he knocks down a three. And they were like, green! And my immediate thought was, did they just call that white guy cream? <laughs> and I, was like, uh, uh, I was like, oh, that's AJ Green? Good to know. Learned something today. Yeah, you know, I, like, I didn't. I didn't actually watch a minute of either game yesterday. Uh, no particular reason, just didn't. But I would have been very confused who that was. Like, is Connaughton back? I thought he was yeah. out. <laughs> it was. It was just incredibly, incredibly confusing. And I was like, I don't, they don't normally go straight into the. We're going to call this white guy cream. But like, it's usually a tougher one, like white chocolate. My, I mean, I think my favorite still from just where I'm like watching a game. I remember I was out at just like a restaurant bar and a Knicks game was on and. I had Frank Nilakina in lineups and I'm watching. I'm like, where is this guy? I was looking for a giant white Russian guy and not <laughs> Frank Nilakina. <laughs> uh, it's always so much fun. It happens to me in baseball way more frequently. Um, but yeah, this one got me for like end of the bench type dudes. 11 games. This slate is really something special at least to start the day we're going i'm just going to give everybody an idea of what it looks like on the DraftKings side there are only two players projected for 20 percent ownership or more the first of which is dwap wreath a 3200 center from the blazers 
projected for 62% ownership. And then Jabari Walker, a $4,400 power forward projected for 30, 43% ownership. That is what we're doing today. Two chalk plays of trash at the end of the Blazers bench and the rest of the slate. Yeah, uh, we've we had a duop wreath slate once before on a night slate, and uh, it was a miserable experience. Well, it's going to be more miserable today on an 11 gamer with this game tipping off at 10 o'clock. The only saving grace is that I guess you're keeping those roster spots alive for a while, yeah. but it's not like you're swapping anything else for the cheap ass center. Uh, Marcus Allen. Uh, shout out to Marcus Allen. I assume that's not the actual Marcus Allen. Well, it is a Marcus Allen, but not the Marcus Allen. Cheers to making less mistakes this slate. I don't ever make mistakes. I just don't win, but no mistakes. No mistakes. Yeah, there's no chance you said anything about Nurkic foul trouble because we would never say that stuff. I think I said that he lost minutes in his last couple of games because he fouled out. I didn't oh, yeah, say maybe. anything about him getting in foul trouble. No. You ready? The Orlando Magic are four and a half point underdogs in Cleveland. We have a 222 total. One great thing for today, nobody's on a back-to-back. Everybody's got an injury report. So at least we have info. On the Orlando side, still no Wendell Carter Jr., no Markel Fultz. Q tag on John Isaac for the rolled ankle. We might be starting with the worst possible team today. Uh, 2% ownership to Franz and Paolo. I did not get a single share of anyone from Orlando. This is a matchup against one of the better defenses. Cleveland isn't exactly a fast team. I am pretty happy to just treat Orlando like they don't exist today. Uh, yeah, sorry. I had to defend my hockey lineup. So, yeah, I don't watch hockey, and I still crush all of you idiots. Um, yeah, Orlando not looking very good. Um, Paolo Bancaro, 2% ownership, 2% optimal percentage is the highest on the slate. Uh, just really, really tough to want to get to this team. It's it's Tough really bad. Like they all grade out actively games. bad for me. Clearly, like if you get Franz or you get Paolo, like move forward. But I don't expect to to ever see an Orlando Magic guy in a lineup today, barring like late news. It felt really weird to say that after the last couple of days. I'm like, I need to have something else to say here. But like, it's an 11 no. game slate. They don't look very good. No, they really don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what you would just like. If John Isaac ends up out, you just turn those 14 minutes into Caleb Houston, and you just keep going about your day. Cleveland a little bit different, uh, better spot, obviously, for them because Orlando just plays faster than Cleveland does. 15% ownership coming into a $7,500 Darius Garland, about 10 to Donovan Mitchell, like around five for Mobley and Allen and Struess. I am getting to a little bit of these guys, nothing extreme, but the starters here for Cleveland just look a little bit better than the starters do for Orlando. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Mitchell and Garland in particular pulling some ownership as they probably should. Both are projected to go a bit overowned. Seven uh, percent optimal for Mitchell, nine percent for Garland compared to fifteen percent ownership for Garland, twelve for Mitchell. So, um, a little bit overowned. And there's going to be plenty of guys that look like them on this slate at their respective positions. But always happy to get to either of those guys. I don't mind the sixty-seven hundred dollar Jared Allen either. Uh, clearly, <laughs> I'm a little bit biased towards him, but sure. always happy to get there when I can. Yeah, I got the thirteen percent Garland, fourteen percent Donovan Mitchell. Like that'll always work for me. No stands, but if they're going to be 10 to 15% owned, I have 10 to 15% of the right guys. That'll work for me. It's it's really refreshing to not just have garbage across the board. Like, oh, cool. I have George Niang in 47% of my lineups. Like, I'm glad that we don't have that today. But yeah, this is like, that's, this is just not that kind of game. Like, Cleveland third in defense, Orlando fourth in, def- in defensive rating. Like it's, 
We've got 11 games. We don't have to try to squeeze juice out of all of them today. Yeah, exactly. On the Memphis end for game two, they are one and a half point favorites in Detroit, 220 total. This is where life starts to suck when we talk about the Pistons. 10% ownership coming into Derrick Rose, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think those three guys are probably the only ones you feel comfortable getting to uh, unless we get Jalen Noel in the starting lineup again, but I assume that goes back to Rose. I got to a little bit of Bane, not too much here. It's a good spot against a crappy Pistons defense, but these guys are sort of priced where they're supposed to. Yeah, I think that's the issue is just the pricing. You know, Bane's up to 8,900. He's still shooting guard small forward, which is nice. He's getting 10% ownership, which seems very reasonable. The problem is just you're going to have so many guys that are similar. You know, we just from the three teams we've talked about already, Desmond Bain looks very good. He's not noticeably different than Donovan Mitchell for $200 more. He does have better positional eligibility, but there's just going to be a lot of guys that look pretty similar, give you a similar range of outcomes. Same can be said for Jaron Jackson at 8K. Uh, Rose at 5,100 is somewhat interesting, assuming he's back in the starting lineup, you know, can give you mid-20s in minutes. But with it being an 11-game slate and, you know, point guard only, you're still likely to just find plenty of alternatives as well. Yeah, I got the 9% Bane, one share of Jaron Jackson, and that's it. I didn't get to any Rose. I don't mind that. I assume there's going to be 15 different Derrick Rose versions right. today. So that's fine by me. All right. Now we actually have to have a conversation. Because if you know what the Pistons are doing today, that would be great. Because I don't. Um, they are incredibly confusing. Marvin Bagley, probable. Joe Harris, doubtful. Everybody else that's normally out is out. We got... Boyan Bogdanovich back in their most recent game. He did not start. Killian Hayes started. By the way, Killian Hayes played 33 minutes in that game. Uh, Boyan played 27 and a half off the bench. Let's start here. The ownership is non-existent basically to this whole team. 10 to Duran, 7 to Boyan, scattered everywhere else. If he played 27 and a half minutes, are you assuming Boyan starts today? I don't know if he starts, but I'm assuming he plays at least 27 minutes. I gave him 30, but even if you want to say he's coming off the bench and you go 28, I have 63% of him because he's a $5,100 shooting guard today. Yeah. uh, The problem right now is we have him projected for 22 minutes. So Hmm. I assume that's impacting our ownership projections um, because he's not going to be 7% owned, assuming the industry by lock is projecting him for 26, 27, 28 minutes. If he starts, he's certainly not going to be that low on the 5100 so um yeah i think even off the bench like he's closing any competitive game bar none right um like the caveat you know is it's the pistons and they suck but him playing that immediately coming back and being one of the best players on this team it's not it's not even like note i mean it's it's obviously noteworthy that he played that much because he played 27 and a half minutes immediately that's that's big but from like a, oh, I wonder what they're doing standpoint, it's not noteworthy at all. Like, it's Boyan Bogdanovich. He's one of the best players on this team. It would be more interesting if he had played like 12 minutes and you're like, are they just foregoing Boyan Bogdanovich yeah. this year? But uh, that wasn't the case. I mean, it's he looks very good. And if he starts, you can just feel better about the minutes because you can always feel better about minutes when somebody's starting. If he's coming off the bench, you can't go any lower than what, 26? I think 26 is where I would go. I think I would go 28. I I get nervous on that one just because of him coming off the bench. And then also, you know, things happen. There's blowouts, all of that. Yeah. Like, you can just lose part of a bench rotation yeah. so easily. He had weird rotations. He closed every quarter. But like, 
either way, no matter what we get today, Boyan Bogdanovich is a nice play as a $5,100 shooting guard. It's his yeah. position is stupid as shit, but either way, he is a value play on the day. And it could be, you know, he like if he's in the starting lineup, he's probably like the best like overall play because then you're not like there's no guessing for Boyan Bogdanovich. Whereas like we don't know what we, we really get out of Reith. He's a salary play. Boyan right. I mean, is like, just yeah, the, under, the last time, like, the last time at, um, Aiton was out, Reith, I think, scored like 12 fantasy points or something. Like, yeah. If Boyan's starting, it's like, oh, I'm giving 30, 32 minutes and he is the best play on paper. Okay. So. After that, we need to figure out, one, if you think he's starting or not, and two, what are we doing now with Killian Hayes? Um, and also, to I just got my stuff finished. I only have 3% Bogdanovich right now, but that's because I used our 22-minute projection, which is yeah. not real. Um, yes. So, yeah, I would certainly have a lot of Bogdanovich, especially at this ownership, which is probably going to come up. Um, right. I'm not getting much Detroit at all, but assuming Hayes stays in the starting lineup, I think expecting, you know, 30 plus minutes from him is reasonable at 5,400, certainly not guaranteed, but um, I'm getting 4% fields at 5%. So just another point guard in that low to mid 5k range. that looks okay. Uh, the thing that does concern me about the rotation last game is that Asar Thompson played 16 minutes. Yeah. I can't imagine the plan for developing a Sar Thompson is to consistently play him 16 minutes. I think it's it was 13 the game before that. Yeah, I don't I don't like that can't be a long term thing. I think that it is. That's insane. I think that we are about to start seeing well, here's here's where the disconnect ends up happening. Because if if that is the path that they're taking, I think you, I, I think they're trying to like send messages uh to people which, you know, He's do whatever you want. He's been the second best player on their team. No disagreements. Um, it would make more sense to me, but they've also then stopped playing Alec Burks. <laughs> right. And that part, I don't get. Like, I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Asar Thompson at 6K, like, you're not, we're not playing any of these guys off the bench for the Pistons today. There's nothing we Boyan. can do there. Other than Boyan. Yeah, other than Boyan. Um, yeah, no, I'm not even saying like I, I wasn't saying anything about Thompson himself from a fantasy standpoint. I was saying like Hayes played 33 minutes last game. Ivy played 29. What happens to particularly Hayes if they start treating a star Thompson like they just drafted him in the first round? I think the, another interesting piece that we have to talk about is Isaiah Stewart got 30 minutes, lost the full closing rotation to Boyan Bogdanovich, but still played the minutes he normally does and was, for at least a chunk of time, the backup center. Yeah. What do we project Isaiah Stewart for? Like, is he the guy that's always not closing? Does that become Hayes and then it's Boyan I don't know that there Stewart, is an always Hayes? guy. Yeah, neither do I. It's really tricky. I don't know what to do for his minutes. $5,300 power forward center probably doesn't matter too much. It's weird. I don't like any of this. Yeah. And I mean, Duran's the guy I'm getting the most. I'm getting 6% right now. So, or to clarify that, I will probably end up almost definitely getting Boyan the most, but right now I'm getting Duran the most. All righty. Gross. Yeah, I have 63% Boyan. I don't have much else here, but uh, pay close attention to this Detroit starting lineup, roster, whatever, because 
they seem to be moving these deck chairs around quite a bit. I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. Uh, through, we are through the first two games. So to the 350-ish people that are here, hit that like button. The schedule for the rest of the day is pretty simple. This is an NBA-only Wednesday. We've got the NBA Deeper Dive coming up at 4.45. Adam and I will be back with what I would assume to be a lot more information. And then NBA Live Before Lock from 6 to 7. Basketball and basketball only today, guys. So please enjoy it. And then I want you guys to use our avatar whenever you're playing DFS. DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar load up our logo to whatever site you're playing on. And if you finish in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 entries, you can enter the Stochastic Hall of Fame. Just tweet that win at Stochastic HOF. Uh, I I got the, the top three part right last night, but not in a field of 5,000 or more. I'll take the cash instead of the field size. Um, but yeah, you do that. You get a month of whatever stochastic package you want. It's up to a $200 value and it costs you nothing. You don't have to be with us yet. You just have to use our avatar. And I stand corrected. Asar Thompson's been their third best player. Behind Alec Burks and I guess you're going to say Cade. Duran and Stewart. Duran. Okay. Yeah. All, all of this, the, Anybody that's been quote, the best player on the Pistons, it's all pushed by defensive numbers because yeah. every player on this team, with the exception of Marvin Bagley, has been a negative, has been neutral or worse offensively. Yep. Yeah, they're not very good. Yeah, and, and so I guess if you were just saying in chat, like you can make the spacing argument for Thompson, like he's been awful offensively, but yeah. you're playing Killian Hayes and you're yeah. not playing Alec Burks. Yeah, it's that none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. The Philadelphia 76ers are 10 and a half point favorites in Washington, taking on your Wizards, 239 total. 12% ownership to Embiid, uh, basically no ownership coming into anybody else. Clearly a fantastic spot, but the big news for Philadelphia today, uh, looks like we're getting Kelly Oubre back. How many minutes that dude's playing, I have no idea. I like Embiid quite a bit, and so much so that I think he's probably a better player than Nikola Jokic today, or at least as of right now surprised or you you always think that because you know you hate Jokic but I have more Embiid than Jokic right now well one of them is playing uh the Clippers with a 225 total the other one gets the Wizards so yeah that helps. and one is a bit more expensive yeah um but yeah, yeah Embiid's really the only guy I'm getting, to, getting to right now from the Sixers I have 14 percent fields at 12 really good spot um probably would be getting more if like value the top value plays right now were at other positions but Reef being a center Pulls that down a little bit. Um, but yeah, certainly happy to get to him be here should destroy Washington without yeah, I, much trouble. I got to 11%, so I'm neutral to the field. I'm also getting 11% of Nick Batum. I think he's just like a random value guy that's showing up. I went 26 minutes. I have no real idea how to project him, but feels about right. Sure. Yeah, I'm not uh, getting much of anything else. My next guy from Philly is Maxi at 3%. Yeah. I don't, I thought they would end up looking a little bit better, but, you know, getting Ubre back really does like, it is a bite of usage from a guy that will shoot. Yeah, and it's playing it's minutes too for a lot of guys that 
or only plays recently because they needed to play more minutes. Yeah. Um, Maxi, you know, obviously I love the idea of getting there against Washington, but you're running into the same thing where we're on the what third game of the day. We've already talked about Desmond Bain at 8,900. We've already talked about Mitchell at 9,100. Now you have Maxi at 9,400. There's just going to be no shortage of, of guys there. Um, and no. speaking of Mitchell, uh, just to go back to the Orlando game, not really getting to anything from Orlando, which isn't surprising. Getting 12% Jared Allen to lead the way on Cleveland. 9% a piece on, yeah. Nine percent apiece on Struess and Garland, three percent Mobley and Mitchell. I love that we have our guys. You just like you're you're getting your Jared Allen. Get when we get to Toronto, I'll tell you about how much OG Ananobi I have. It's yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, it's fun too because like mine come through and win, and yours just like shit the bed every day. Won ten grand yesterday. Leave me alone, man. <laughs> you can't get me this morning, man. You can't get me this morning. I had a five figure victory yesterday. Can't take those shots. Uh, your Wizards look terrible, but unfortunately, we're probably going to roster some of these guys. 10% ownership coming into Bilal Koulibaly, $4,300 shooting guard, small forward. I think that is very much just a testament of needing value at a certain position. 15% ownership coming into Gallo, uh, power forward center, 3800 So we're doing that experience again. Only 7% coming into the $8,500 Kuzma. I got 18. Uh, every time I don't have Kuzma, he's been going nuts, so... Kind of know what's going to happen today, but uh, they are the three guys that I'm getting to. I have scattered amounts of like Gafford and stuff, but what are you doing with your Wizards? Terrible, terrible spot. Yeah, I have a small amount of the entire team, but nobody above 10%. Uh, Kuzma okay. coming in at 9% for me is my highest owned guy. Kispert also at 9%. Tyus at 8 Coolbally at 6 I'm under the field on Gallo. Uh, he's 15% owned. We have with a 5% chance of being optimal. I have 5%. I'm getting the small amounts of Gafford and Poole. Uh, Gafford did have a nice game against... Embiid last time where I think he picked up four blocks in one possession at the start of the game. Um, but, you know, obviously that doesn't carry over. And uh, no. the the case for Gafford would just simply be he's 5,500 and gives you block upside, but there's plenty of good centers today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I expect to get to Kuzma if that ownership stays there. And I expect to get a standard issue Kuzma game instead of, what he's been doing as of late 1.28 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days been really good he's around there for the season too yeah yeah he's been legitimately good somebody has to be <laughs> i hope that Bali ownership goes and gallo ownership goes away by the time we get to lock like it's just i don't want it on a day like today i, I kind of hope it stays because i'm not getting it mm. yeah i don't I do not need. He played. Uh, Gallo played like twenty minutes or something his last time out. I think. Yeah, it's hard to think he's playing more than that. No. Yeah. I, well, I didn't give him twenty. I gave him eighteen. So, a little bit of wiggle room, a couple extra fantasy points. Uh, yeah. For for the season, one point two eight DraftKings points per minute for Kuz. Okay. The only Brooklyn other player Nets. on the team above one is, well, only relevant player on the team above one is Gafford at one point oh six. So bad. Brooklyn Nets are four-point dogs in Atlanta, 242 total. This is the highest total on today's slate. Uh, Brooklyn has everybody that's normally available except for Lonnie Walker. He is out. Um, We saw Cam Thomas play 37 minutes off the bench last time out, I believe. He started. Oh, yeah, he did. Sorry, he did start because Dorian Finney-Smith was out. Do you think Cam Thomas starts again and is just a starter now? Probably. Okay. I knew where I was getting with that in my mind. This Boyan still has me tripped up for playing a bunch of minutes. Um, 5% owned Bridges is the high mark on DraftKings. 
Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is 6,600 on FanDuel, 7,900 on DraftKings. So uh, Dinwiddie is a decent play on FanDuel at that spot. But I'm getting to a little bit of Cam Thomas here at 7,100. I went 34 minutes. Assuming he starts, like, I think he's just playing full-on starter run. Yeah, I'm getting 20% Thomas now. Uh, This is a spot where our projections don't really agree with our ownership projections. So that's part of why I'm getting so much. But we have Thomas projected for 33 minutes. Makes him look pretty good. Obviously a great matchup. Uh, Right now, we only have him projected for 3% ownership with an 11% chance of being optimal. So that is going to push him into even more of my lineups now. Whereas once that ownership comes up, I'll probably end up a little bit more neutral. But uh, certainly looks good. Gives you plenty of scoring upside. The only problem is that he is already $7,100. He is still playing with Mikel Bridges, who is clearly a high usage guy as well. But uh, Thomas is going to get shots up. There's going to be a lot of possessions in this game. He looks pretty good at that price tag. Uh, Other than that, I'm getting to 7% bridges, which I'm always happy with. Basically 2x the field just because he's not getting much ownership. Small forward power forward, 8,600. It's a tough price tag to prioritize, but he does just still give you a very high ceiling because he's such a capable scorer as we learned out of nowhere last season. Um, 4% Dinwiddie, 3% Cam Johnson. I have a Nick Claxton lineup. So I'm getting to the starters, but Cam Thomas is the one I'm getting the most. Yeah, I was hoping they would look a little bit better just because of this Atlanta matchup, but no dice. Yeah, when I saw how relatively little I have, I was expecting this to be the game where I have to try and explain to you why I'm just not playing any of the team that everybody else is playing. There's no, I mean, there aren't any really chalk guy. Like like I said, the highest ownership guy is 18% if we're not talking about those two dudes from Portland, so... We're okay there. Ninja Choke says, I'm on Bridges tonight. He's been on fire. Well, I took his under on my prize picks video, so enjoy that one. Although I'm 0-2 this week. DFS Res the Goat said, uh, you're w- I would hate to be a fan of your Wizards. Honestly, this is one of the easier years, I, easier seasons I've had being a Wizards fan because I can just completely check out, not care. Yeah. Like they're doing what they should be doing and should have been doing for most years I've been a fan. It's the years where like, they they're fu- they were fun when they had Wall, Beal, Porter, but you yeah. just knew every season they're stuck. They're not they can't win anything. They're fun enough to watch, but like there's no future for this team. Um, the only time that I've ever like actually had a Wizards team that you could root for and actually have expectations for was the Arenas, Butler, Jamison teams, and you're playing against you know 23 year old LeBron. So good luck. The year that Wall broke his hand or whatever in the playoffs that was a yeah real that was year, a, that but- was a yeah. That because they, they were they were legit there with what, yeah. Markeith Morris and Gortat and stuff at that yeah. point. That was that the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. I, I was going to say that I it was against it was the Hawks in the quarterfinals. Well, they but had in a my big mind, series. They had a big series with the Celtics too. Like they they did. I don't remember the order or anything. Neither do I can't. John Wall broken hand playoffs. It was against the Hawks. Okay. Heading into game three. Shout out to me for that memory. Holy shit. There's no reason I should be pulling John Wall breaking his wrist against the Hawks in the middle of the series. I'm yeah. very happy. Uh, yeah, so all I, the only thing I specifically remember from that run is the Celtics funeral game. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was <laughs> that, that was like a real rivalry there oh, for yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, Einsteinium says you loved Russ as a wizard. That was different, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Russ was, I still think Russ was exactly what that team needed, but it's not like Russ made them a title contender. Russ just made them accountable and play at a fast pace when they should do that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, John what P says this? Wizards have not been in conference finals in the modern era. As soon as I said the word Wizards in conference finals, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not right. Launching in Maryland, Minnesota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Wisconsin, DraftKings' new Pick 6 app has some sort of DraftKings Pick'em shit just dropped right now. That's interesting because we can't have Pick'em. Apparently you can if it's through DraftKings. Yeah, good to know. Um, yeah. Actually, I guess that that does make sense. I guess I don't I don't actually know if we have a ban on Pick'em or if it's you have to be one of the licensed operators to offer Pick'em. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the costs associated with doing it are just yeah not worth it unless you yeah, are. Except have like it. I don't because like I can play Underdog. I just can't do Pick'em on Underdog. <laughs> yeah, check your chat. Yeah, called that one. Yeah, good job. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk Atlanta. I've got a lot of ownership coming in here to the Hawks. They are not getting a ton of it, though. 18% to Capella, 12 to Sadiq Bay, single digits everywhere else. But I have 10 of Bogdanovich, 10 of Capella, 12 of Hunter, 23 of Anyeka Okongwu, and 20 of the $10,300 Trey Young. Let's start here, though. Are we officially at the point where we're projecting Clint Capella and Anyeka Okongwu at 24-24? Um, right now, we have... 27 to Capella, 24 to Okongwu. That ain't right. Uh, I will say, and now I don't think that this is going to continue. They played 57 minutes together in their last game. That's interesting. Well, not together, but total. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but that was against Cleveland, I believe. So if you're ever going to do it, that's probably the spot. Milwaukee. Milwaukee same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean um, it the same way. Like it's, you know, two, the two big yeah, yeah, yeah. dudes. It's what we were talking about yesterday with Mitchell Robinson, that you have a center in Giannis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I still, it's, it's hard to think that's the actual plan going forward, especially no, against, know. yeah, like, Brooke, like Cam Johnson is not Giannis. I went 24-24. Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, I'm getting a lot of Capella at 27 minutes. I have I've 10%. Uh, you should be getting to a bunch of Capella at 27 minutes. Yeah, I'll say I have I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not getting a Congo. Right, yeah. I'll say I have 29% Capella right now, uh, 2% Akangwu, but I will most likely end up walking Capella back a little bit um, in their last game. They, so they overlapped a little bit against the Spurs, too. 28 for Akangwu, 23 for Capella. Yeah. And I, I think you're live to get two or three now with no Jalen Johnson. Yeah, there. Like, it does make sense. There are going to be spots where that plays out, like possibly. This doesn't feel like one of them. Like Brooklyn's not really set up for that. I don't really know what Atlanta would gain from it in this one. But, you know, maybe you just need to eat two minutes of, of something. Either way, uh, whether you're going 24, 24, 25, 23, Capella side, I do like a Congo with 6% ownership. What do you want to do with Trey? Because I'm getting him. I'm assuming you're not. I'm getting like 6%. You have 20 so- yeah, right around the field. Happy to get there if I can. Uh, clearly a very good player. Um, he's the, the problem, I think, is still just point guard only 10-3. You know, like the upside's there, but he's pretty much correctly priced. And if I start playing a lot of Trey, I'm going to start losing some other guards that I really like. I think I just really like this spot. You know, the total's fantastic. Most of the game, like we have this one at 242, Philly, Washington at 239. Everything else is like 227 or below. We're like everything is existing 15 points off of this one. So... And like with having Cam Thomas back, I think that's a pretty good benefit for Trey Young in that 
Brooklyn should just be significantly worse defensively. If you're going to take off Dorian Finney-Smith for a little bit more and putting you on Cam Thomas, like that defense is going to be not as good. So yeah, I'm getting to a bit of Atlanta, but I'm very happy about it in this game. Like they don't, they don't really mess around with their rotation or anything. We don't have to worry about Wes Matthews or Garrison Matthews as like guys that matter today. You can just play the dudes that play 24 plus minutes. I don't have anything else here for Atlanta. You know. All right. Then let's go to the San Antonio Spurs. They are 12 point underdogs in Minnesota, 227 total. Terrible spot for the Spurs. Uh, really just unappealing stuff. On the San Antonio side, uh, Zach Collins is probable. Devin Vassell is probable. Anthony Edwards is questionable for Minnesota. 4% ownership to Jeremy Sohan is the high mark for the Spurs. I actually got to 11, but I do not find San Antonio to be appealing today. Yeah, I'm not getting much of anything. Uh, 4% Wemby, 3% to Jones, 2% to Sohan. Tough to get to. Obviously, you're happy to get to Wemby whenever you can, but uh, tough, defense, uh, tough defensive matchup. Minnesota, one of the better defensive teams in the league. Only a 108-109 implied total here. No real ownership coming into this team. Now it's it's a really bad spot. Like it's you're going up against the number two defense in the league. Not great. Now, if Edwards doesn't play, it starts to get like incrementally better for the Spurs, but you're probably not looking there. You're probably just going to Minnesota. For right now, I am going to Minnesota, but I'll be going to Minnesota in a very different way. If Edwards ends up out 10% ownership to Anthony Edwards is the high mark on DraftKings nine to Rudy Gobert. I am two Xing the field on both of those guys right now. And I would have no problem getting to a little bit of uh, towns or potentially Nas Reed, but I am getting to Edwards and Gobert. Yeah. Much better spot for Minnesota than for the Spurs. Um, I'm still not really getting to them, which is disappointing, but I hope that changes as the day goes on. Uh, the field's not getting a lot either. Nobody is above 10% owned with Edwards at 10% at 9,800, but I'm getting to 9% Nas Reed. I'm getting to like eight, seven, 8% Rudy Gobert, 6% Conley, 4% Edwards. I'm really not getting as much of this team as I kind of thought I would in this spot. 25 Edwards for me at 9K. I like that. that. Suck. I hate that. I wish if he was shooting guard small forward, I would love oh, yeah. even more. Uh, and then 18 of Gobert. I'm happy with that as well. It's just a re- like, look, if you're going to face San Antonio, you're getting a shitty defense that plays really fast. It's like, this is just a really nice environment for Minnesota. Now, if we lose Edwards, uh, oh, Nikhil yeah. Alexander Walker is up to 5,800. That feels like it's going to be a tough sell. I think we're probably looking at like nobody. I mean, Towns <laughs> will look better. Yes. Town- Towns will be the-, the guy that gets the major benefit here. Like, Troy Brown's up to 4,700. Like at 30 minutes, he becomes a better value, but not a great value. I don't think we get as much from Minnesota as we would like to. Anything else you want to touch on here for Minnesota? Nope. It's a bleak slate so far. Yeah, I'll say I haven't had like anything I really like. Yeah, well, get ready because like, you're the, not the gonna... only, I think the only like the only guy I've had above 20% is somebody that I'm not going to end up projecting as well as he is right now. Correct. Correct. So underdog is the sponsor of this show very happy to have them hit that like button is that's the first thing that they tell us to tell you hit the like button and then if you make a deposit using the link in the description they're going to match that deposit up to 100 they've got pick them contests if you're in a non-legal betting state you get 20x your money they've got daily fantasy contests and large field gpps 
Best ball. If you're in the fantasy football best ball streets, you already know about underdog for sure. And then there's playoff drafts for NBA, NHL, for PGA majors. This is a one-stop shop for sports action. And you should take advantage now by clicking the link in the chat or in the description of this video. Not to mention, we do have a free square on underdog right now. This will go off for tomorrow. That is going to be higher or lower than 0.5 yards for Najee Harris. That should be a pretty easy one to grab. So use that free square tomorrow. Sign up today. Uh, Soto is going to be a Yankee. Otani is going to be a Dodger. I just wish that Shohei Otani would let us into his personal life in a more aggressive (laughs) way and let us know how he's negotiating for his job. I really just want to find out if if Dave Roberts actually screwed the Dodgers over. (laughs) It's possible. But what uh, I've I've seen your tweets, so you're we're obviously on the same page here. But Shohei Otani should come out and tell everyone to eat shit every oh, yeah. single day if they want this Without information. The the whole thing, like the sports sports writers, like annoy me with that anyway. Just the oh, it's ridiculous that this person won't give us a story like to talk about. Like, that's not their job. Um, no, but not like, at all. And, then, and this isn't even like a sports story. This is like him just financially. Like this is this has nothing to do with his play. Right. And then the other thing that I think makes it even like doubly worse here is the dude is Japanese. He's not even American. He's from, he's a completely different culture. Not saying that is, or is not why he wants the privacy here, but like you're like criticizing someone's personal decisions when you don't even know anything about like any of his cultural beliefs or anything. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. Did you see the Dave Roberts story though? Only like a headline for it. I didn't know so, or anything. Otani's camp has told every team that they are not to speak about if they've met, haven't met, negotiations, whatever. And if they do, it will be held against them. So like every GM has just flat out been like, not going to talk about what free agents we have or haven't met with, blah, blah, blah. Roberts gets on the podium for his presser and it's just like, yeah, we met with Otani. Um, I feel like I just need to be transparent about that because lying isn't really in my nature. And like just holds like a holds court for like 20 minutes and then apparently like as soon as he's done is like reading texts on his phone and uh, nightingale said his expression just like dropped oh, and then God. they asked the dodgers gm and he just thought it was like yeah i was surprised that dave disclosed all of that <laughs> that was probably like like bullet number one when he walked into the meeting it was like hey just shut up about this then and he just right. immediately went uh, out and yeah he's like yeah no we away. met with shohei uh, it went great he's clearly our number one priority <laughs> All right, let's go to Miami. This one's interesting. Three and a half point dogs in Toronto, 219 total. We have 15% ownership coming into Caleb Martin. The interesting part about Miami today, no Bam Adebayo, no Tyler Hero, no Haywood Highsmith. We do have Caleb Martin available. We got Orlando Robinson getting the start last time out. Played pretty big minutes as well, didn't close. I went to 26 minutes, he's 5K. We have Orlando Robinson starting, assuming we have Orlando Robinson starting. He's 6% owned, but I don't think that's crazy. I basically don't have Miami. Yeah, I mean, 29 minutes last game, but I actually am getting to Robinson right now. I'm getting to 22%. Okay. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, But the playing time certainly isn't guaranteed. Uh, the, the he, He's tough because at 5K, if he does play like 30 minutes again, he looks pretty good. If yeah. he if they run a different rotation and he loses minutes, like say they go with, you know, like a three center rotation with him, love and Bryant, then you're in trouble. But if you get that same rotation you got against Indiana, where it's just him and Kevin love essentially splitting 48 minutes, 
I think he looks pretty good at 5% owned. Yeah, I went 26 Robinson, 19 Kevin Love, and then, you know, just scattered a couple because I didn't I didn't want to take a full stand on Orlando Robinson. When push comes right. to shove, he's Orlando Robinson. So I, I didn't really get 30 these guys. minutes for him, 18 for Love. I get it. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, to me, it's it's too aggressive for Orlando Robinson. There's too much I, I, downside to that, but I don't think it's wrong. Right. I feel like I'll probably end up at like 28, 18, 2 for Thomas Bryan or something. Yeah, agreed. They could also, like, this is Toronto. They could they can go small and have a full five-out system and just start doubling. Like, you're not super worried about Jakob Hurdle catching the ball, throwing him a double and making him make the pass. Like, that's probably not the Heat's biggest problem. Right. But Martin, 15% owned. I get it. Like, he should see increased minutes. I'm guessing he probably starts now that Haywood Highsmith isn't there. But even in 32 minutes, shooting guard small forward, I think he's sort of just, like, appropriately priced. Yeah, I'm getting 16%, so I'm right with the field there. Um Assuming he starts, but he doesn't have to. I mean, they no. can easily go to Josh Richardson. They could go to Hawkes. Yeah. I kind of think they might go to Richardson, but either way, there should be more minutes for Martin. He, he did start the second half last game. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they just don't have the bodies. I thought I would end up looking like Jimmy Butler, 9,500, unowned. That seems fine to me. It's a terrible matchup against Toronto. Like, this isn't a fun DFS matchup. So I, I have one share of Butler, one share of Orlando Robinson. Do you want anything else here from Miami? Nope. Toronto side is not much better, but I have 37% of OG Ananobi, so we're doing this again. Uh, everybody is in single digits on the DK side. Siakam gets to 13% on FanDuel. It's standard stuff for Toronto. Everybody that's normally available is available. Are you getting to them? Uh, 15% Pirtles, my only guy in double digits here. So over the field on him, which I'm always happy with. 6100 is a pretty fair price tag um you know it is the matchup with miami but i don't know a ton about orlando robinson but i do assume this looks a little bit better for Pirtle than it did if it was bam um so not upset about that uh, I, I like the price tag 6100 is just pretty cheap for the upside he gives you nine percent ownership 12 percent chance of being optimal other than that i'm kind of just five percent to actually i am five percent to the rest of the starters i have four percent gary trent as well at 4300 just hoping to get lucky there, but um, Barnes, Siakam, Schroeder, and Anobi, all just pretty much correctly priced. I'll give you decent upside for their salaries, but nothing that really stands out. Nope, disagree. OG Anobi stands out in a gigantic way over and over and over again for me. I, I don't know what to do for him at this point. <laughs> I, I can't make it stop. I hate it so much, but now I'm at the point where I have to keep jamming him until he has a day that's fine. Otherwise, the moment I get off the OGN and OB train is the day that it makes it to the station and drops like an 8x. I don't. I really have no clue what's making it happen. I don't. It's not like I have him projected as like some glorious fantasy performer, but apparently I do. Go OG, Indiana fan. Apparently, apparently. How much Eric Gordon did you have last night? Uh, I don't think I had any actually. <laughs> Basically zero, if I remember correctly. But, I mean, we all know that the status of Eric Gordon was completely meaningless on last night's slate, no matter what happened. (laughs) Charlotte Hornets, four and a half point dogs in Chicago, 220 total. This is a spot where we actually have a piece of news that could matter big time. For Charlotte, uh, no LaMelo ball, obviously. We have a Q tag on Mark Williams, lower back contusion. If he happens to not play, Nick Richards is back in 3,700. We're going to get a lot of Nick Richards if Mark Williams doesn't play today. On the opposite side for Chicago, Caruso probable, Tory Craig questionable, 
Zach Levine is out. We're going to start on Charlotte. Single-digit ownership across the board for these guys. I have a lot of Brandon Miller. I have 19% Terry Rozier. He's the only guy I'm in double digits on. Uh, 8,100 gets the bump without Lamelo. He's projected to go a little bit under-owned, 11% chance of being optimal, 7.5% ownership. So happy to get to that one. Other than that, I'm once again just not getting much of anything on this team. 5% <laughs> Miles Bridges, 5% Miller, 3% Hayward, 2% Washington. Just lineup filler again for me with the exception of Terry Rozier. Yeah, so I have 39% Brandon Miller, 5,700 shooting guard, small forward. I think the minutes are there. I think the position is perfect. Uh, this is a pretty solid matchup against Chicago, you know, missing dudes. I'm happy to take that stand. Part. What'd you say? I think you're forgetting the production part. 0.85 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days. That's where I have him for today as well. I went 34 minutes. Uh, they seem to be in and around that number. Um, I just like the flexibility that he's bringing right now on the slate where we don't really have value outside of two people on the Blazers. Yeah, it's a good price tag, good positions. I could understand getting more. Yeah, I, I assume you're going to have a version of this on one of these teams at some point. Well, I had more Caleb Martin than you. Cody? Is it no. Caleb? Fuck. Oh, well, we're talking about Charlotte. That's why I got confused. Cody Martin is legitimately on my screen on the injury report for Charlotte. So that one got me. I hate those two guys. They they need to just merge. The Bulls. No Zach Levine. I hope you're here with me. 18% ownership to DeMar DeRozan. 10 to Kobe White. Single digits to everybody else. We saw pretty big minutes out of Ayu Desunmu this last time out. Uh, Alex Caruso just continuing to get like hurt, but then come back and be probable. I don't know how any, any of this works. I have 49% of the 8K DeMar DeRozan. And that one, again, Charlotte, I am more than happy to have. Yeah, sounds good. I have 9%. But mm. um, I haven't really been getting to DeRozan lately. I know you have. It's a really good matchup. I'm getting about half the field. You're obviously getting over the field. Looks good. I don't mind it. I'm not getting to this team too much, which bothers me. Uh, I have 13% Kobe White at 6,900, which is a wild price tag. But yes, you know, Levine's out, so marginally better. But uh, right. would kind of like that to go away. But it is a good matchup, at least. He's my highest on guy here. I have 10% Caruso, 9% the Rosen. And then it's just, you know, like five, 6% to Drummond, Williams, to Sunmu. Not really getting the Vooch either. Um, 8,400, not getting any ownership. He's been terrible this season. Yeah. Um, saw, almost felt bad for him. One of the Bulls writers uh, tweeted out um, a clip of, of Vooch just shooting threes at practice and, you know, said that, you know, Vooch shooting threes with whoever their shooting coach is watching. And, you know, that he's only shooting 25% from three or whatever this year. He didn't make a single back-to-back three in the entire clip. Like, he would make one, and then, like, he didn't have back... And these are just wide-open shoot-around threes. And he's shooting, like, 25% on those. Oh, God, that's brutal. Yeah, 49% DeMar. That's not something that I would would change. Like, with no Zach Levine there against Charlotte, that is a stand that I am more... Like, I'm very happy to see that stand. Yeah, I kind of wish that I had it. Well, I don't have anything here. Oklahoma City, two-point favorites in Houston, 227 total. Single-digit ownership across the board for the Thunder on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, sneakily, I think that Josh Giddy might be the easiest guy to get to at 5,900. Feel free to roster Shagel Alexander at 10-7, but this is the 28th-ranked team in pace, the Houston Rockets. This is not the best 
fantasy matchup for the Thunder. And it's showing in the ownership and it's showing in my ownership. Yeah, the guys that I'm getting to the most are the ones that the field's getting to the most. Uh, $3,400 Case and Wallace and $3,300 Kenrich Williams, both 9 and 8% owned respectively. I have 13% Wallace, 9% Williams. Those are just guys that are going to go away as other things open up on an 11-game slate, assuming that they do. But for now, they're just so cheap that they're just landing in lineups and you know, kind of hoping for the best. As far as the real players go, 7% Giddy, 5% SGA, 4% Chet is all that I'm getting to from this team. That's just, I kind of want to watch this game. but yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of young talent in this game, but Houston just plays so slow. Uh, yes, Oklahoma City tries to trade Giddy. They may have a complicating factor right now, more so than his play. Uh, they would have need. I don't think he's tradable right now, which is unfortunate for him because I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. I think if you're trading for him, you just figure out what state and what age. <laughs> yeah, I just like I have a hard time thinking these other teams are like vetting this story hard right now. Yeah, and I, and I guess the issue is like Josh Giddy's not that good, so. Yeah. You know, yeah. if this were you're happy to take that lottery ticket if it's not backed by uh potential statutory rape accusations. Right. Yeah, like if you were I mean as 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 bad as it is to say, but like if you were good, teams would be looking at this like, oh, we can get a little bit of a discount on Josh yeah. Giddy and hope that things, you know, break our way. But he hasn't no. been very good and no. you're also taking on a nice PR hit there. Yes, you are. We go to the Houston side. Uh, there is one play here that I like, but I'm not getting as much as I would have liked to. 10% ownership to Shingoon, Van Vliet, Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, and Tari Eason. I'm getting three of those guys in a comparable way. But I think the clear best option here is $8,900 Alper and Shingoon. Yeah, that's mine too. Um, 11% ownership. I have 21%. So happy to be getting over the field on him. I generally do. But he's like been like a 1.3 to 1.35 fantasy point per minute guy. He's playing big minutes whenever he's not in foul trouble. Only 10% owned. I like getting there. Uh, I'm getting the 13% Jabari Smith at 6,400. He's 12% owned. So pretty much in line with the field there. Playing time's nice. Good enough fantasy producer. Price tag's very reasonable. Uh, then it drops off for me a little bit where I'm getting 7% Van Vliet, 6% Tate. Small amounts of Eason, Green, Brooks. But Shingun looks like the priority for me, followed by Jabari Smith. Yeah, I got the 17 of Shingun. I would happily take more. Um, we obviously have a center spot that's going to be pretty well booked up to today. So... I just think he looks really good. Like at 8,900, I think it's hard to get to Jokic. Um, you know, Embiid looks good, but that's still a big price tag. You're not giving up too much when you go to Shingun, and he's probably like a 1.35 to 1.4 fantasy point per minute guy in this matchup. And I have, you know, 10 to 15 on Van Vliet, Jabari Smith. I actually have 10% of Dylan Brooks. All that works for me. Great matchup of like two interesting teams this year. Agreed. Anything else for the Houston Rockets? Nope. Well, and this is going to be easy, folks. The last thing that I have to tell you to do is one, hit the like button, and two, go check out Odd Shopper. Uh, we have made major wholesale changes to the Odd Shopper product. We've cut the price and we've added more features. If you're on the sports betting side for sides and totals and props, you're in luck. If you're on the pick'em side, you're also in luck. We take a market-based approach to beating these books. We're giving you expected value and expected win rate calculations. We've got calculators and parlay builders and everything that you could possibly ask for. Quick links to deposit bonuses and quick links to the books themselves. You could shop around for the best line possible and get yourself 
the best line that you have available to you, which is what you should be trying to do more often than not. You can get in for a week, come see everything that we have. Again, whether you're on the sports betting side or the pick'em side, we have what you're looking for at Odd Shopper. And uh, premium Discord with our export picks. So much stuff for a much cheaper price tag. The Utah Jazz are nine-point dogs in Dallas. They are without Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Markinen, and Kelly Olynyk. I have no idea what this stupid team is going to be doing today. Their rotation from the most recent game is a disgusting mix of guys that probably shouldn't be in the NBA. 18% ownership coming into a $5,800 Colin Sexton feels wildly aggressive based on what I saw from the last game. I have nothing here other than a share of Sexton and randomly a share of Taylor Hendricks. I have 12% Luka Samanich, which... I think okay. is going to go away. He played like 12, 13 minutes last game, 12 minutes. Um, Flat 3K. Yeah, I mean, he's 3K. Like, it can go your way if whatever Utah does with their bench rotation happens to be Samanich. But it certainly doesn't have to be. It's not somebody I expect to actually be getting any real amounts of. Uh, we don't have – it's not like we have him projected well. We have him at 13 and a half minutes, 13 DraftKings points. Like anytime I'm getting to somebody at 13 DraftKings points at 10 a.m., I assume that he's just not going to be a thing by the time I'm actually entering lineups. Uh, other yeah. than that, I'm getting to 11% Horton Tucker, 8% Yurtsevin, 4% Sexton, and 4% George. So um, not much of anything here for me. Yeah. That 18% ownership on Sexton isn't sticking around. No, I don't see how it can. No, he's 30 not. and a half minutes, but five of it was overtime. Right. That's... That seems impossible to keep to like if he's I hope he is 18% owned off the bench. I won't have him. They just don't look good. And like again, this is not a great spot here. Other than, you know, Dallas's defense stinks, but it's not like Dallas is fast. The Dallas side of this one, a little bit different. I'm just very happy that I'm getting a little bit of Luca here. Uh Josh Green is out. Hardaway and Kyrie and Grant Williams are all questionable. So a real disaster scenario coming up here for Dallas in that we might end up with all sorts of value from the Mavs. We just don't know it yet. 16% ownership to Luka is the high mark on DraftKings. Kyrie is 8,100 on FanDuel projected for 32% ownership. Feel free to jam him into every lineup you want. Uh, that price tag is just simply incorrect. But I got 20% of Luka and nobody else, but that could dramatically change. Yeah, right now I have 16% Luca, 14% Grant Williams. Then it drops off 7% Lively, 3% Hardaway, not much of anything else. But like you said, this could look entirely different. Um, the price tag on Kyrie on FanDuel is fantastic, as you mentioned. But, I mean, if you were to get all of Hardaway, Kyrie, Grant Williams out, then we're back to what we were doing last time Dallas was playing, or two times ago Dallas was playing. Yeah. Um, if Kyrie is out, obviously Luca is going to become a much bigger priority, and it's going to open up some other stuff. Uh, if Hardaway's out, it's not going to have – it's going to open up minutes like Derek Jones yeah. Jr. is going to look better. Grant Williams is going to look better. Um, it's not going to change a lot in terms of usage or role, but yeah. uh, certainly the potential for Dallas to look a lot better later than they do right now. Do you see Derek Lively's rotations from their most recent game? Um, I did not. Take a peek. I don't know if we can project that. Absolutely smashed. Yes, it was 39 minutes. Yeah, I don't know if we can project that, but uh, if he's going to play all of the second and fourth quarter, that's a pretty interesting rotation. Yes. I was like, who yeah. the hell played backup center when I was like looking at just the minutes totals? I was like, 
who was playing backup center? Like I just Derek disregarded Lively. him playing 39 minutes. Right. And I was like, Holmes played like nine or whatever. And oh, I looked Holmes at it, I was like, five. Oh. Powell yeah. played four. I was like, oh, that's because Derek Lively played all of them. Yep. <laughs> Hard to find them when they don't exist. Yeah, I think, I don't remember the exact circumstances. I think I had like a, for a while, I had a good team on that slate. And I'm just like looking at the teams around me. And it's just like, oh, Derek Lively is having the best game of his life. I am absolutely dead. Yeah. All right, you ready to do this? The Portland Trailblazers are on today's slate as 12 and a half point underdogs in Golden State. DeAndre Ayton is doubtful. Jeremy Grant is out. Obviously, Robert Williams is out. And then the most complicating factor for all of this, there is a Q tag on Anthony Simons, and he's 5,500 today. So we have him at 14% ownership. I think that's crazy if he's playing, but we have obviously no idea how to really hash this out. We have 62% ownership coming into a $3,200 Dwop Wreath, who I assume will start at center, and 43% ownership coming into power forward only $4,400 Jabari Walker. I have 60 of Walker. I have 97 of Wreath, but I also have 33% Anthony Simons. I think we should start with the Simons piece. If he's in... What do you think we're getting here? Because 5,500 is not the correct price tag. Agreed. Um, I think if he's in, he's probably playing not full minutes, but enough minutes that he looks good. I just don't know why Portland would go half, you know, go half measures on Simons. I don't know why if he can, like if he can only play 18 or 20 minutes, why not just hold him out until he can play 26? By the way, he was out with a ligament tear in his right thumb. So by all accounts, this dude does not stop running. Right. Yeah, I went 28 I minutes, and I think it could easily be 34. Right, yeah, we have him at 28, and that's getting me 30%. Yeah, I have 33% at 28. I don't think it's crazy if he starts today. Like, I think I he mean... might just go straight into the starting lineup, 32, 34 minutes, and you just go about your day thinking he's the basically the best play on the slate at a real price tag. And not that it necessarily translates, but keep in mind, this team has not been particularly cautious with Malcolm Brogdon. No. Um Came back from injury, just started playing a bunch, played back to Lower body right injuries, away. too. Like, right. injuries you should come back slow from. And it's Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it, I don't think they're treating a thumb injury for Anthony Simons with kid gloves if they're not treating Brogdon with kid gloves. That would be a really weird, illogical gap. Yeah. So, I think he is sneaky, like, the best play on the slate that probably goes away in terms of people knowing that by the end of the day, but... I think it's hard for me to pick, to project him for anything less than 28 with a, a thumb injury. Like, if he's back, I think he's just back. I'm trying to find the date that Duop Reef started. And I can give you that one. Stat News doesn't even know that he exists. So, uh, Aiton missed on uh, November 22nd. So, I'm assuming it's that one. There we go. If I, so, if I said as a starter, it worked. If I said without Aiton, it didn't. You said what day? November 22nd. Thanks. November 22nd is the day that Aiton didn't play. So I'm assuming that's the same day. Yep. Started play okay. 20 minutes. Okay. So I went 24 because I don't know what else to do. Go 20. And they have refused to show or to play like Moses Brown. So I don't. Yeah, that's why I remember the that. Problem, the problem here is that it's also Jeremy Grant out. And that 
move removes like a small ball five option, which makes me think that Reith is live for like an extra minute or two. I did project Moses Brown to play here, not Ryan Rupert, but go either direction. What do you want to do with a $3,200 Reith though, if he's starting? Yeah, I, I remember now on the night slate, I played 75% Moses Brown as the Reith pivot and Brown just DNP'd. But yeah, he pivoted, to, all right. Yeah, to your point about Jeremy Grant being out and it mattering, in that game, Reith played 20.2 minutes. Jabari Walker played 27.9. There was almost no overlap. Jabari Walker was just a straight backup to Reith. Without Grant, it's likely that Walker is playing some minutes at the four, and yeah. either Reith is playing more or you are getting another center in the rotation. Um, yeah. So right now, I'm not getting too much Reith. He's 62% owned. We have him with a 15% chance of being optimal. So just going very, very over owned. I'm getting to 9% right now. Um, that's with a 24 and a half minute projection. So I think he's a very, very good point per dollar play. And I don't know where I will end up in tournaments. Obviously things are going to change, but I do. I've said it before. When you get these cheap centers, it's, it's nice because like you're a center, it's easy to produce fantasy points there's still so much opportunity cost at the position that very often if this guy goes for like 20 fantasy points, 22 fantasy points, you're going to be, it'll have been possible to match that at a different position with cheap guys and then just be loading up on whatever centers go for 50 plus. So uh, it is you know still risky. And I think that's reflected in the optimal percentage. Jabari Walker, we have with a 51% optimal percentage because he's a power forward instead of a center, essentially. Um, we also have him projected 10 points higher than do Reith, but uh, we have Walker playing 29 minutes here. I think that's very reasonable. I'm getting to 90% Walker and 9% Reef. Yeah. But, and like like you said, this is going to be, you know, digging in on the minutes of what we expect for Reef and what they can possibly do in terms of big men matters. Like these, these guys are inundated with guards and not big men right now. Right. And the problem here, though, going back to the Moses Brown thing, it doesn't have to be the backup center. And you mentioned it with Ryan Rupert. You can have Jabari Walker be your backup center and just play Skylar Mays, Rupert, Chris Murray, whatever you want to soak yeah. up some Jeremy Grant minutes. Yeah. I think of the guys on the team, even though Reith is getting the most ownership, I think Jabari Walker is the easiest guy to roster from Portland until we know what's going on with Simons. Because if you knew Simons was starting, then it's Simons by a mile. Right. Yeah, then it's Simons, then Walker. I think Walker is a better play than Reith. I agree. I agree. It's a tricky spot, though. For the season, Jabari Walker, 0.93 DraftKings points per minute, Reith, 0.92. It's just that um, the minutes for Walker seem like they should be higher. Yeah, they do. I don't know what Portland's going to do tonight. It's going to be, you know where it's going to be really fun? On the night slate tonight? Yep. Do you want to play Nikola Jokic or $3,200 Reith? Right. (laughs) Fun. Uh, do you want to get to anything else from Portland? Um, not really. I'm getting like 8% Matisse Thibel, but that's the kind of thing that tends to go away. Uh, certainly somebody likely to pick up more minutes without Grant, though. You would think. Somebody has to. They just yeah. they don't have the bodies, and the rest of the bodies are made up. Right. Yeah, I have 8% of him, 3% of Kamara right now. Two guys that can certainly play quite a bit more and continue to not produce fantasy points while they do it. Yep. Warrior side has 6% ownership to Draymond Green. That's the most of anybody. He's 6,300 on FanDuel where he's 22% owned. Chris Paul is probable. Andrew Wiggins is probable. Gary Payton is out for the foreseeable future. I basically don't have these guys. Uh, other than the fact that it's a nice matchup, I, I think that everybody is sort of where they're supposed to be. Yeah, same page. I have 3% Clay, 2% Draymond. They're just, they're healthy. Um, prices have come up a little bit. 
for a while I was frequently getting two, three X on clay, but the salaries come up a bit. So really, really tough team for me to want to get to. Yeah. If and they're like, ever going to take their foot off the gas, like this is one. What'd you say? I was saying like, if Golden State's going to take their foot off the gas for a game, this is the kind right. of game where you like, you don't really need to press Steph Curry and clay into aggressive fourth quarter run. Right. And like, you can always make the case of, well, what if Steph just cooks this Portland team? But the problem is, you know, he's 9,900. Trey is 10-3. Max, he's 9,400. You have the $8,900 Bane. You have so many, you have Mitchell. There's so many guys where if you're going to play the, well, what if this guy goes nuclear game that they fit into that category too. Yeah, they could also just be nuking them and the score is 90 to 60. Right. Because this is the number 30 ranked offense in the league and they are dropping, you know, if you want to say arguably their best player in Jeremy Grant, we could have that discussion, but they're dropping two starters for this one. That's not helping. We ready to close this one out, Denver and the Clips. Yep. Nuggets are one point underdogs in LA, two twenty five total. Uh, we have a probable tag on Aaron Gordon and a Q tag on Jamal Murray, which I think is going to end up being an out tag. Uh, everybody that's normally available for the Clips is four percent ownership to Jokic is the high mark for anybody on Denver. They look downright awful today. It, yeah, it looks really bad, especially with Murray currently projected in. Um, and even then, like, it's not exactly freeing up a bunch. These prices are high. Right. All it's doing is making Jokic project a couple points higher. And yep. at 12.5, yes, obviously a higher projection is good, but it's still going to be tough to get to him. Um, yeah. Easier to get to him if Dallas breaks to where they're just not playing anybody today. But yeah. uh, with the way things are projected right now, it's still going to be tough. He's the only guy I'm getting to from Denver. I'm getting 3% Jokic. But, yeah. you know, yeah, any anything to get more is fine. But you have Embiid that just looks better. He's like $1,000 cheaper. He's facing Washington. He is just going to look better. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really difficult to justify anything here for Denver. And like you said, if Murray ends up out, Aaron Gordon's $7,100, power forward only. I'm not going to get there no matter what. MPJ is 7,900. Like there, I'm gonna, there's no chance that I'm getting that even if Murray isn't playing today. I, I just don't see where you go here. Reggie Jackson's still already 6,100. Like it's just, can I get Jokic high enough that he looks like a slightly better option than Joel Embiid is really all you're hoping for. Right. The, the, yeah, for Jokic, I think it just ends up being, does this slate completely devolve into a bunch? I'm playing a bunch of Jabari Walker plus random $3,500 dude from Dallas plus, you know, somebody else from like Utah. And no, now I can just easily get Jokic. But assuming that it doesn't turn into that, it's just tough to get there. Because even if it does turn into that, you're going to have a lot of lineups where it's like, well, I could get Jokic, but I can just play Embiid and then play somebody better somewhere else. Not to mention, it's going to be a lot easier to pay up elsewhere because we have all of this value. Like whatever we want to say about Reith, he's going to be like 60% owned. So... You know, that's we're already locking up one center spot and just shrinking the pool of places that Jokic can go. And then also, you know, because I keep using Dallas as the example of where we could just get a lot of value that lets you get to Jokic. If Kyrie is out opening up that value for Dallas, Lucas starts to look really good. And is way easier to roster than center only Jokic. Uh, On the Clips, single digit ownership on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Call it 9% to Harden, Kawhi, and Paul George. They are really the only three guys that I would like to roster. I have 5% of Leonard, 5% of George. Uh, the Clippers usually suck against Denver, and I'm not really looking to start getting them here. I don't have much of anything. Uh, Kawhi, I have 7%. Fields at 9 Fields at 8% on George, 8% on Harden. I'm under on those guys. Um, I'm not getting much of the Clippers. I have 
like at least a lineup with all five of the starters if we're calling Terrence Mann a starter, but like a five man Clippers onslaught. Good, good work. Good, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully that's one of the ones with Jokic. Uh, yeah, no, but it's just, a, it's a tough team to get to. Prices are just pretty much where they should be. Matchups, not appealing. Weird slate. This, I haven't had a lot that I, I am getting. It feels like yesterday, but with 11 games. Yeah. So right. Like if the slate started right now, you know, like using our current projections and all of that, I would have 91% Jabari Walker, like I said. My next highest owned guy would be 30%. It looks like a baseball slate. Yeah. Like where I'm just hitting 30%. And like I guess Jabari Walker is the pitcher where I'm just jamming him in. And then yeah. we have my hitters where I'm just hitting 30% and going down the list. Yeah. Like I like this. I think we're in for like a real unfun lock. Yeah. Three games start at seven, three games at 7.30, two more at eight. And then at 8.30, we're just going to have like a whirlwind of shit going on from 6.30 until 8.15 or so. Yep, But I like it. Like this field, at least as it is right now, this is a slate where you're going to be able to take stands on the things you like and not have anybody with you. Like there's just not, other than the two Portland dudes for right now, like if your guy is Paul George and you want to have 24%, you're going to get way over the field on Paul George and that's fine. Yeah, pretty, yeah, just flat ownership in most spots. Like looking at our DraftKings ownership at the moment or before the show started, um, or no, we, we got an update during the show. So 62% to Reef, 40 to Walker, 24 to Boyan. The fourth highest owned guy on the slate on DraftKings right now is 18% Clint Capella. Which is crazy. So, you got uh, article and videos today, correct? Yeah, yeah, back back to work. Well, there you go. Check that stuff out, guys. Head to stochastic.com for it or follow Adam at ShipMyMoneyDFS if you need those links. He and I will be back at 445, hopefully with a lot more news. This is going to be a hell of a slate. Go Liverpool today. Joseph Ramirez, I dislike you. I do like Underdog, though. They're the sponsor. Click the link. We're out of here. Peace. Peace.